Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Freedom of Species. Freedom of Species is a program that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation, and importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne on 855am. So today we will be chatting to Kelly Gamble, who is an animal liberation activist based in Melbourne. Uh, Just so you know who's speaking, it's Madison, who's one of the new hosts, and we also have Kate in the studio today. So before we get started, uh, just so you know what sort of topics we'll be covering today, we're going to centre this conversation around the emotional toll of direct action. We want to acknowledge that there are so many different ways to be an activist, especially in 2019. But an incredibly important facet of activism is, of course, rescue endeavours and frontline activism. And that is something that Kelly has a lot of experience with and will continue to be doing in the the near future. So before we uh, get into the crux of the issue, I want to ask you, Kelly, how did you first get interested in animal issues and veganism? Well, um, I guess seven, seven or so years ago, I decided to stop eating animals. Um, after that, it was sort of like a snowball effect of, I guess, realizing everything else that sort of comes along with that. Um, and last year there was a very important film in Australia, which was released. Uh, it was basically exposing, uh, animal harming industries. Uh, once I saw a lot of the footage from that, I just knew that I had to do something more than just eating vegan food. Um, so I decided to participate in a march that they held in Melbourne City. Uh, this was in April last year. Um, I was very much inspired by that. There was about 3,000 vegans that marched through the um, Melbourne City streets. Um, and pretty much the next day I did my first disruption in Melbourne City um, where I disrupted the beauty department in Maya. Um, it was targeting the testing of animals for beauty products Um, and after that it was just event after event so yeah that's kind of how I got involved. Wow I think that's a really important point too about you getting involved in activism last year and the year before because I guess activism has really changed um, a lot recently and there's a quote from the Sydney Morning Herald I wanted to bring up with you um, which mentions that it's a hard time to think of it's a hard it's hard to think of a time when vegans have been more active or better organised. In the past year, there have been farm invasions and animal rescues. Protesters have stormed steakhouses and food courts, chanting slogans. And in April, vegans staged a coordinated wave of nationwide actions targeting farms and abattoirs. So I guess I want to talk to you then about the role of direct action and how you feel that was an appropriate form of activism for you 
what made you want to get really hands-on about your veganism? Yeah, I guess um, the more you sort of um, deep dive into the topic, um, you sort of realise how much of a crisis that we're in. Um, you know, these these animals every single day are just going through some very traumatic, horrible experiences that we as humans can't really fathom. Um, so to me it was just absolutely I had to do the most that I could do physically, mentally, um, online, any sort of way that I could just kind of spread the message and try and inform people around me so that they could understand the things that I knew, the feelings that I was feeling um, and how urgent it was. Um, so I guess that sort of, there just wasn't a question for me about what, what I, what I could do. Um, yeah. And what I was allowed to sort of do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I imagine when you are so, uh, I'm speaking a little bit from personal experience, but also having engaged with your um, activism online and seen some of the comments, I imagine when you are so um, outspoken in spaces, you would be challenged all the time. And that is an emotional experience. It can be really draining. So how do you find when you are challenged publicly or interpersonally, how do you deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... Everyone feels that they have, um, everyone is entitled to an opinion. So online, I guess it just sort of magnifies that because you can speak to anyone and everyone. Um, But I always try and uh, take a step back and realise that I didn't know before I knew as well. So I think education is so important in this space. Um, I guess these sort of industries, they they thrive off off secrets and lies. Mm. Um, They they thrive off a consumer not being informed. Mm. So the more informed you can um, make, you know, make yourself the better decisions you can make um, and therefore speaking with friends speaking with family speaking with strangers anyone um, you can just sort of allow them to make informed decisions themselves with with their knowledge so I think um, you know when someone does come at you quite aggressively or their opinion is just straight over your head you're just like oh gosh what do I what do I say to this person but then you have to take a step back and really realize they actually don't know I need to break this down for them and let them know this is actually what happens. This is considered legal. This is um, why I feel the need to sort of speak up and stand up about these sort of issues. Absolutely. And I've seen you do that really eloquently um, and it's something quite admirable because it is so frustrating sometimes when you can, uh, I guess in your position too, because you do, you have done direct action, you have done um, rescue endeavours yourself. Mm-hmm. You And this is something we spoke about off air. You can mm-hmm. literally hear the cries of these animals. Mm-hmm. To then approach that conversation with so much nuance and um, sensitivity is yeah. really admirable. But how do you find when it's you're hard. coming out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's when very you're coming hard. back from a rescue mission um, and people are, like you said, off air, you know, eating their breakfast and their eggs and bacon and, and sort of disengaging. How, yeah. do you, how do you look after yourself in those instances? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really hard to sort of... Um, um, watch watch someone who's uninformed just live their life and just without any consequences where for me every single decision of every single day is based around not harming animals mm. and I find it very difficult sometimes after I have as you said either gone out to liberate some animals or you know locked on somewhere or done some sort of disruption and then mm. coming back to you know normal life I say in quotations um, and seeing people just wander through the supermarket pick up some animal flesh and not even think twice about it and they just don't understand the magnitude of where that flesh came from Mm. or what what the animal went through and this is coming from someone who I guess as I was saying off air you know hours prior was maybe inside a shed with all of these animals absolutely and it's just you just want to grab someone and shake them and just tell them 
do you even understand like this decision that you're making, who it's impacting, how it's impacting? Yeah. Um, so as you said, the emotional trauma, it can inside my head, it can really, really eat me up sometimes, but, um, I guess it's patience. You just got to try and be patient. As I said, I didn't know before I knew. So it's just ensuring that, yeah, you can have those conversations, conversations, show people the vegan options, you know, now that there is plant-based options in the animal flesh section, that sort of thing. Um, hopefully people can just start to make informed decisions about it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I do think, um, something that people don't really understand about the gravity of the emotional gravity of activism is Mm -hmm. It's a decision that's based very much on um, being able to empathise with the harm of the harm that other animals or non-human animals mm-hmm. um, and marginalised folks are experiencing, and, and really feeling that on a very personal and empathetic and mm-hmm. intense level. Yeah, and I feel as if um, it's not administrative; it's very deeply emotive. Yes, and I. How do you deal with? I guess. I guess what I'm trying to ask is. Um, how do you have those sort of reasonable conversations with people when there really isn't anything reasonable about Mm. the excess violence Mm -hmm. that occurs? Yeah. And you're essentially trying to grapple with you're being essentially gaslit or made Mm -hmm. to feel Mm -hmm. crazy for caring about something that's so deeply violent. Yeah. It's really important that you bring that up actually Mm. because sometimes, you know, you you do have a conversation with someone and you can – you can almost instantly tell whether they're open to the conversation or not and I think it's very important emotionally as an activist to be able to – decipher that and be like is my energy important in this conversation Mm -hmm. should I continue or should I just step away this person isn't worth my time Mm. because you know there's seven billion people on this planet if one person isn't going to listen move on to the next and I think it is I think that that took a lot of um a lot of time for Mm -hmm. me to learn um I think family is the hardest one the f word (laughs) the f word family so my my family are not vegan Mm. um my family are open to eating vegan but they still have animal flesh in their fridge. They still yeah, consume right. the byproducts of animals. And I think that's the hardest one. If you if you sit on that and you try and try and work and make your family vegan, you're just the emotional trauma you're, you go mm. through because you're so emotionally invested in these people. It's just not worth it. Whereas you could be wandering down the street um, and, or, you know, someone might be in the supermarket debating, they're looking at like a new vegan product mm. and you might just be like, oh, you should try that. It's really actually quite delicious. I cooked it with this. That person then will buy the product. They'll go and eat that. Whereas, you know, if you're there trying to speak to your mum about, you know, what you did on the weekend at <laughs> XYZ Slaughterhouse, she's, she doesn't want to hear it. So totally. I think it is like with the emotional sort of side of it, it's very important that you can step back and recognise where your input is valued. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've mentioned on the show before, but it is something I can really empathize with. For me, having grown up on a Mm racetrack and everyone in my family works in racing, Mm -hmm. um, in horse racing and greyhound racing. So it's it's something that I find very jarring within Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and exhausting, Mm -hmm. figuring out where you sit in those crossroads um, and using that energy to, I guess, sway others or sway is the wrong word because it sounds I don't think sway is an appropriate word more like expose others to the truth yeah um and I think that's a really smart way to approach your activism and I also want to ask about other I I I guess I want to be aware of the gradients of activism that exist Mm -hmm. within vegan spaces and all Mm -hmm. spaces for that reason um but I want to speak about little things like choosing not to eat where um, animal flesh is served or choosing or asking politely that friends that you dine with 
order product order meals that aren't necessarily you know animal products mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you find you set those healthy boundaries with yourself yeah I try to um there's definitely I found this year I've sort of um had a lot of social experiences where there was larger groups of people and I find that I, I can't control what everyone orders. Mm. Um, I ensure that I sit at the other end of the table if someone's eating animal flesh. Um, but pretty much everyone knows if you come into my home or if you come out to dinner with me that we will not be consuming animals. Um, so I think it is important to set those boundaries and ensure that, um, you know, you're not just doing it for the for the the sake of it. It is, for, it is a protest, totally. um, you know, in, in making that choice every single day. Um, and I think it just depends on your friends and how they're going to react to that. I think um, taking the liberation pledge is something that shouldn't be taken lightly and it is it can be emotionally – yeah, it does take its toll on you. Yeah. I yeah. want to talk about the liberation pledge yeah. for people that don't know what the liberation pledge is and are interested in it. How would you describe it to listeners? Yeah, um, just to say I haven't taken it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neither I, have I, full yes, transparency. Yes, just, just so that everyone knows. Um, I mm, – I wish I could, but mm-hmm. I, I, it sounds, it sounds silly, but I just find that this, I just found that this year there was just a lot of instances where, um, I just, it would have just been too difficult to try and explain to everyone who aren't close friends or just people in a space. So I just choose to either eat prior or that sort totally. of thing. Um, but basically what it is, you, um, choose to not dine, um, at a table where animal products are served. Um, so I guess at family dinners, you would eat yourself or you would eat prior or you would do activities where it doesn't involve food that Mm -hmm. sort of thing um there's only been a couple instances for me that I guess I would have broken it um but I do set very healthy boundaries whereas if I do any sort of instances around food that it is all plant-based it's all vegan um that sort of thing I guess yeah it's just broader picture like big birthday dinners with friends yeah or like Um, work events and those sort of yeah we don't live in a vegan vacuum unfortunately yes yes and that's the harsh reality of it I think I am um I am still quite firm with my decisions when people if someone does order it I'm straight up tell them what they're eating that sort of Mm. thing so I guess that is a protest in itself um but yeah I, I absolutely admire anyone who is taking that liberation pledge and has that protest within themselves. I think it's a very important stand to take. Totally, yeah. I agree. It's and not I, acceptable. I do really like the way you describe the um, spaces that you have cultivated, like your home being mm-hmm. a, a totally vegan space mm-hmm. um, because there is activism in that mm-hmm. and it, it is a form of activism that is so restorative as well because it, it's sustainable. It means that you can feel safe in your home and safe in these sort of vegan spaces. Um and also, I guess, with engagements online, like speaking to other vegans constantly, I, you know, every mm-hmm. time I've gotten like a vegan tattoo or done something <laughs> uh, on brand vegan, I send it straight to you or, or the other vegans in my life, which is um, really nice to have this sort of community building mm-hmm. activism. How Definitely. important do you think community is in, in activist spaces? I think it's very, very important power in numbers, you know, if... Um, if people are cutting each other down, you're not going to get any work done. And I think it's really important that, you know, there's, I think in in our society, there's natural born leaders. And I think you have to allow people to take the lead in these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everyone's going to agree on, I guess, different approaches or different ways of doing activism. Um, But if you're, if you're willing to participate in different events, I think, um, yeah, I think the community is really, really important. Ensuring people's mental health is um, okay. Checking in on your friends and your allies that are there um i think is very important um before and after events totally um as well as um ensuring that there's no 
I guess, ill, speaking ill of people or cutting each other down. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, prior, during and after. Absolutely. And I imagine acknowledging the capacity that each individual has within Mm -hmm. particular spaces. Yeah. It doesn't make you less vegan depending on what you you participate in. I think that's a really Mm -hmm. healthy approach. I Mm -hmm. do think there can sometimes be almost hierarchical um, ideas around activism generally, which is is, um, complex and difficult. But if we take that sort of um, more inclusive approach of how we how we look at progress yes. and progress as like a, a something that's got longevity and needs to have longevity mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. um i think that's really healthy absolutely i think we might go to a song now before we get um stuck into the we want to talk about the rise and debate of direct action generally so we're about to play a song by tom girl which is a local group and this is called my lovers
You're listening to Freedom of Species on 855 AM 3CR Community Radio. That song was My Lovers by Tom Girl, who are a local group. And we are speaking today to Kelly Gamble, who is an animal liberation activist based in Melbourne. We're talking about the emotional toll of direct action, the future of activism, and where she sees veganism in 2020 always feels really scary saying 2020 yes. yeah aren't we meant to be like on spaceships by then or right? doing something really oh, something yeah. really innovative well, and we're still kind of just really backward we're still, yeah the world we're is still, ending the so. world is ending um in a terrifying fashion so i guess we're trying to to make it better Turn while we still around. can yeah yeah um so i want to talk about the highly politicized nature of of, pro- of protest mm-hmm. in, the, in the last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. um I mean, we've seen the climate change rallies. We've yes. seen the vegan protests. Um, it's incredible how active so many people are becoming, and it is very, very exciting. But it means that uh, it does mean that people on the the right side of politics, and I use right, not correct, <laughs> in this instance, um, are arcing up a little bit. So I want to contextualize this conversation that I'm about to to bring up with you with a um, quote from Tyler Paters, who writes for the ABC, about militant veganism, which is a um, st- which is a term I hate, <laughs> and we'll go into that soon. Makes um, two of us. But yeah, Tyler wrote, This makes it easier for meat eaters to ignore the arguments and to stereotype vegans as self-righteous virtue signalers. When animal activists decide to vandalise, intimidate and harass, this only exacerbates the problem. So I guess the question I want to ask you, Kel, is, is it worth trying to appease the masses when it comes to activism? I just want to point out that how they say ignore the arguments, like as if there's an argument to be had, Mm. like slaughtering an animal for your taste and pleasure. No argument there, if you ask me. So I just wanted to say that. Mm, Totally. (laughs) Just, yeah. Anyway, um, I think... Uh, trying to appease the masses, as you say. Uh, I think all these industries, as I said earlier, all these industries, they they thrive off their secrets and their lies. And I think that um, having a dumb consumer is what keeps these industries alive. And so I think um, trying to stay within, I guess, all those moulds and trying to stay, oh, um, you know, we drink milk for our bones. We, you know, we eat eat, uh, meat for 
uh, protein and just trying to stay with all those societal norms, I think is people are starting to wake up. And I just think that it's just not, it's just not the way that our society is anymore. Mm. Um, is that what you mean by like appeasing the masses? Like just totally. what society tells us to do? Absolutely. And yeah. I guess even in terms of um, I've, conversations that I've had with people about my style of activism, which is not um, direct action mm-hmm. um, in the way that yours is, but I, I guess people often have the idea that vegans and all forms, all protesters are meant to very politely nudge mm-hmm. their way to the mm-hmm. forefront. Um mm-hmm. And people that deal with protesters or are inconvenienced by protesters seem to forget that that's kind of the point. Yes, yes. So I guess I wanted to to yeah. ask you how you feel about those responses, which essentially say <clears throat> you know, vegans are, are exacerbating the problem by inconveniencing us yes. without n- understanding the historical um, context. Importance of, of protest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. When you put it, sorry, when you put it that way, I think I misunderstood the question. No, totally. Um, yeah, if you if you look back on history, any form of social justice movement changed because of protests, because of mm. people speaking up. Um, it it's all well and good to say, oh, you know, we need to change the laws. Uh, they need bigger cages. Oh, they need better conditions. Mm. That's not what we're fighting for. We're we're fighting for total animal liberation. Animals are not meant to be caged. They're not meant to be slaughtered. They're not meant to be eaten. They're not for us. Mm. And I think that you know the the crisis that we're in. It's it's it. You need to jump up and down. You need to stomp your feet. You need to yell. You need to scream. You need to do everything you can to make sure that everyone knows that this is what's happening. Mm. Um, you know, as we were speaking off air, slavery used to be legal. Mm. It's just we look back on that and we're just like, that's just absolutely horrific. How mm. how were humans chained together mm. and you know just made to? Oh, it's just absolutely horrible. And we're going to look back on the way animals were treated, and it's going to be exactly the same. Mm. It's going to be exactly the same. Um, so I think inconveniencing, you know, someone's tram ride into the city for a couple hours is nothing compared to the, you know. The harm uh, of actually, you know, I guess obeying this system and, and sort yes. of feeding into it. The vic- yeah, all the victims that are involved, it's just it doesn't even compete. Totally, yeah, compare. totally. And I think a lot of people seem to um, forget that, when, we're, when they're talking about activists and the, and the efforts of activists, they forget that we don't have the backing of an institution. We don't, we're not this sort of um, incredibly powerful force. We are protesting the institution. Mm-hmm. We're protesting the way that, um, you know, places are, or sort of uh, violence is illegally and politically um, made applicable or, yes. I guess, made possible. Yeah. So we aren't as, I guess... I think a lot of gaslighting goes into the way activists are treated and, and treated as if they're we're this really powerful, terrifying force. When yes. All we're trying to do is show the world what the, the world has been missing. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes that sort of float around. We're just regular people. Like, I have a full-time job. I'm a horticulturalist by trade. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, like, the term, like, oh, go, why aren't you at work sort of thing. Like, you know, I used my annual leave day to um you know be here today to take up a stand that sort of thing Absolutely. i think there's just a lot of comments that get thrown around um about stereotyping activists and vegans i should actually say vegans as a whole as well mm. and it's just not the reality of it like these are regular people who are just fed up they're just fed up with the way that society has been treating animals and it's about time that Absolutely. you know you stand up and say something about it i'm not saying that this hasn't occurred up until 2019 no, of course not. you know there has been um you know grassroots movements from you know decades and decades mm. and you know we we thank all of those activists prior to us who paved the way for mm. you know 
what we're able to do now and on the masses. I think it's absolutely phenomenal the what you can achieve. Like the coordinated actions that happened in April this year it was the one-year anniversary of the film um, Dominion mm. and it made national news. It made international news. It made the New York Times. Like yeah, that, it did it's, I'm, I've got goosebumps just now recalling that. Mm. It's just phenomenal that, you know, that sort of coverage can happen for an animal rights protest. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a really good um, segue into the question I want to ask you about activism generally and how it's changed given online spaces mm-hmm. and what your relationship to online activism is comparatively with, with that of, of, I guess, being right at the forefront. Yes. And how do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, been the best thing for the whole movement. Um, mm. It's It's been able to, I guess, take the focus off um, humans in a way because you see humans protesting, you see the humans standing there, you see the humans with their chains doing, you know, whatever they would do depending on their action. But with the online, you can go into a farm, you can film the animals, mm. you can share that footage. I think more often than not, um, if someone is going to make that connection and go vegan, they've probably seen a film, they've probably seen a clip, you know, they've probably seen um, some behind, you know, undercover footage of a slaughterhouse Mm. or, you know, maybe the film Earthlings, that sort of Mm. thing. Like I think that it's so important being able to share actual real-life footage um, and online and the internet allows us to do that tenfold. Like, Well, it makes it accessible Mm -hmm. to people too. There there is this, I guess, dispelling of... um, you know, activism can be practiced from um, a safe and accessible space for a lot mm-hmm. of people that that can't actually attend these protests and can't engage in the movement in a way that um, uh, you know once wasn't permissible. Uh, permissible. Whereas here now in this in this context, mm-hmm. we um, in this cultural context, we have the capacity to be active online, which, yes. like you said, is so exciting. Yeah. And I really like the way you say um, you mentioned Earthlings because of something I kind of love about. Uh, talking to other vegans is we all have this aha moment mm-hmm. that first thing we saw yes. or that first article a lot we read. of people it is earthlings yeah i've never really seen is. it Confession. i've never seen it either yeah. neither have i've never yeah. seen oh it oh my either. gosh yeah <laughs> i think we're the only three it, vegans it, in the world yeah. that haven't seen it it I, holds its space don't get me yeah. wrong yeah but um i couldn't see it. there's no yeah. way i yeah. could watch it yeah, I, See, I know what goes on. I don't need to yeah, watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. You saw me at the Dominion stream. Yeah. I had to leave three times for yeah. a cigarette and a cry. <laughs> yeah. See, I think um, I think it is important to acknowledge um, uh, the footage and to acknowledge that, you know, yes, we do know these practices, but for some mm. people that's what they need. They yeah. need that hard-hitting footage that shock factor. to be, okay, wow, this is what happens. Absolutely. And for me um, – you know, I've I've seen Dominion quite a few times, and every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, ready, let's go. Was yeah. that your aha moment? It was my aha moment to sort of um, have absolutely nothing holding me back. Yeah. I don't care about my own liberation, my own, sorry, liberties. Um, mm. I will do absolutely anything and everything. So it was your aha moment, aha, aha moment <laughs> for. Activism, but not for veganism. Not for veganism, no. So Dominion was only released last year, um, but a lot of the footage has been gathered over the last seven years. And so I guess for me, um, seeing the footage over and over, it just kind of ate me up inside because I was vegan for all those years prior and I just was quiet about it. I was Mm. just happily would eat my vegan food, post about my food. And then once I sort of... um, saw the severity, I guess you could say, of these day-to-day encounters that animals legally 
um, of the way that they're being treated, yeah, and what they're subjected to, I just had to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I really love that you had this kind of these two different aha moments there mm. because there was the um, personal aha moment to I guess consuming subs- animals yeah, yeah to stop consuming animal yes. products and to and to become vegan but then there was that further yes aha which was I like, think actually, a lot of people are experiencing that yeah um, experiencing that in the last few years being able to see you know um, more and more people getting involved in activism. And um, allowing to find their own safe space and their own safe way of, of participating. Um, and so I, I hope that um, even my Instagram posts, that sort of thing, as you're totally. saying, with the online, do motivate people to get up and do something or attend an event, that totally. sort of thing. Well, it's just that, that extra reminder which works a little bit like accountability, I think. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're consuming internet content and then suddenly there's a post saying, you know, look at this footage or engage with this work, it's account, it's, it's like cultural accountability because it says, hey, we're still here, we're still fighting. Yes. Um, it's still worth engaging. And I really – there was something that um, you and I have spoken about in the past, I think while I was watching Dominion, mm-hmm. um, which was the most, oh, my goodness, confronting footage I've ever seen. It's harrowing um, for sure. It is. It's – yeah. Is it as – I'm wondering, is it as bad as Earthlings? Cause I, I haven't seen Earthlings. Uh, so. Yeah, so yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if I should watch Dominion, but I've been so, told it's like being punched in the face repeatedly. Yes. So I didn't. Look, it's it's essentially um, – I think it's really important because it is, oh, I want to say, like 90% Australian footage. Mm. Like there are a couple okay. international things because they're not um, – some of those animals aren't farmed here, for instance. Mm. Um, like fur, that sort of thing. They, they show um, footage of international things, but it is majority Australian factory farming. And I think um, – when you watch Earthlings, it's American. Mm. That doesn't happen here. You can dissociate yeah, a little. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then surely that wouldn't go on yeah. in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And so surely. The, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. No, that is absolutely the approach that absolutely, almost yeah. everyone has. And then the film came out and whew, it sent the industry into a spiral. Even the way it was marketed, it was quite incredible that, you know, you have been lied to. It yes. was such a... A personal, yeah, um, yeah. You're like, well, I'll I'll be the judge of that. Let exactly. Me have a, let me watch. Let me, let me have consume a watch. This. Yeah. I remember um, some family members of mine really engaged with, it, and they weren't vegan before, and they really engaged with Dominion, mm-hmm. and that was the turning point for them because they felt like I will not live in this world with blindfolds. On, yes. Essentially. Yeah. So that I mean, that's 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 the point of the film. It's, yeah. it's Yeah. That's exactly the point of the film is to allow consumers to make their own informed decisions. Mm. You don't see these these images of, um, you know, animals in these cages or, um, you know, the, the cries of a mother cow while her calf is being torn away from them. Totally. That's not on a milk bottle. No. And exactly. so, yeah, being able to have, um, I, I guess, access to the, the truth, mm. powerful, powerful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a really uh, the point you – the point about having the two aha moments I really want to focus on mm. because I do think – and I do this as well. I, I do think that as a vegan I sometimes choose to opt out of watching that footage because yeah. I'm like, you know what – I'm convinced, and I am absolutely. There's no, I, I do live a, a, a fully vegan life, but I guess the people that are probably more likely to then, you know, become more active is because we continually expose ourselves yes. to this footage. Yes, I know it exists, but watching Dominion with you, yeah, was you almost really... become complacent. Yeah, you know, we've got vegan options. Absolutely, like we're we're absolutely fine. But at, like in terms of um being able to live a vegan life as you say yeah like it's not 
oh, seven years ago I had veggie sausages. Cool. Like, yeah. you know, now I can go anywhere and get any sort of, any sort of, Absolute. especially you know, in the North. Vegan substitute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, 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 you know, that's absolutely fine. It's the, I guess the severity of what is still happening day to day. Like right now we're speaking, there's animals being slaughtered in yeah, this country. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's once you sort of tap into the urgency of everything or you you attend, you know, I've I've locked down in the race of a slaughterhouse mm. and seeing these animals, they're standing there right in front of you, they're about to be slaughtered. Mm. And once you understand minute by minute how important it is to ensure that you speak up and get your message across, I think that's your second aha moment when you realize that I need to have these conversations. I can't just keep eating vegan options. Absolutely. And pretend like everything's fine. (laughs) It is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's a really good point is that, you know, for vegans like us three um, that are very dedicated to the cause Mm -hmm. um, and do find it incredibly complex and difficult to engage with that content. I did, I did leave the film three times to cry. um, But I do think it was an important point in my journey as a vegan to remind myself. To remind yourself. Yeah. I think that's important. There's a state of urgency going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing I also wanted to ask about um, was the mention of the word militant vegan, Mm -hmm. because I find there is this really interesting thing that um, people on the right do where they, they appropriate very violent and fascist terms and they apply it to very non-violent and non-fascist causes to, I guess, belittle and to demonize us. It instills fear in, in someone who's not educated and who doesn't understand. Veganism is the complete opposite of militant violence, you know, is exactly what we're fighting. So exactly. Yeah. And I do think it is a way to belittle and, um, I guess, yeah, I, I like that idea that you said it, you know, it does strike fear in people, but it also, mm. I just, it it does make it seem like what we're doing or what we're fighting for is, um, is wrong, is wrong yeah. and is outdated and will eventually yeah. be challenged. Yeah. And you, even words like if we're, if we're applying things to social justice generally, I mean, the, the history of the term feminazi, it fed into that idea too, that it was used to gaslight and, um, you know, s- distract us from, the real issue, the real hand. issue of women's yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you hear that term "militant vegan," I guess how do you feel about? I guess you did just describe that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I laugh. I've I've in a I was in a beauty department protesting, and I was called a terrorist, and oh I was like, gosh. I was like, oh gosh, like I know you can't help but oh, laugh. Just, yeah. You cannot help but laugh, and I'm like, Bonkers. honestly, like educate yourself before mm. you start to you know throw out these outlandish claims mm. um i guess it is it's sort of come from the government right like the militant or journalists Absolutely. and that sort of well, thing right um what, what did Scott morrison call us green collared criminals oh gosh yeah that's what he said yeah green collared criminals that was after the vegan protests <sighs> yeah yeah i mean yeah My goodness it's yeah it's it's honestly it's laughable it doesn't it doesn't offend me i just think it's um it's it's just that fake news it's just that fear-mongering it's that real propaganda sort of mm. thing um it's yeah i think it just fuels that <laughs> fuels the fire within me absolutely <laughs> i like green collar criminals that's like yeah, a badge of honor yeah, i, I, I would wear it on a t-shirt exactly yeah. what i was thinking i'm gonna get them screen printed yeah i'd like buy one cakes. i'd yeah. absolutely buy green one. collared criminals yeah that's i, I kind of love that that's great um and I think, I guess, before we go on to, to another song, I want to talk a little bit about um, trying to, again, for the, the point of trying to appease and obey an oppressive system mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, there is a form of activism, I think, and I saw this a lot in the feminist movement where uh, white feminism or, I guess, um, 
corporate feminism where it does superficially look like women are empowered mm-hmm. um, can only go so far. And I do think that it's worth talking about that in vegan spaces as well. There mm-hmm. is a form of veganism, I think, that is quite um, uh, attractive or uh, soft, whereas yes. there is another form of veganism where we will get blamed for being terrorists. Yeah. Um, so how important it is it to stray from the, I guess, bite the hands that, that doesn't feed us, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, the, the, the amount of money these industries are making off violence and harming, um, once you sort of click with that, you just you just can't obey. You, mm. you you have to you have to. Well, maybe that's just me, but you have to stand up and you have to just go the complete opposite. I totally get it. Um, I think, you know, I how old am I? Twenty seven. I went 20, 20 years of my life without um you know, ever disrupting the norm mm. um and and just you know doing what I was always told and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I just think that. Just can't get away with it anymore. People are starting to wake up. They're starting to realize, and not only for, you know, for me, it's always about you know the the effects of animals and how they're being treated and um, their liberation. But you know, to me, it's a bonus my health um, and the health of the planet itself. So whether you come in on any angle, I think it's all important that we all join together. Whether you're in it for yourself, for your you know for your health, for animals, for the planet, um, or just a big f you to big industries yeah, yeah um i think all of them are um very important to all meet together and understand that we all have the same the same i guess cause at hand and absolutely that, yeah. yeah i think that's a really nice um a, a really nice analysis because i do find that there are you know when we talked about the divisiveness within the movement mm-hmm. and there are sort of yeah. these weird hierarchies of that person's in it for this or that person's in it for that mm-hmm. and it's like I would much rather a group of health-oriented vegans or vegans that care more about the climate than they do necessarily animals than Joe Blow that doesn't care about anyone. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we're all on the yeah. same side. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's very important to recognise that um, and not, not cut someone down because of their their agenda or their motives. Totally. Unless they're doing, you know, things that are harmful. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And I do, I just want to say, um, before we before we break for this section, I do want to say about how we we do tend to hold vegans and all activists up to this kind of ridiculous moral standard yes. that can be really, really isolating. And yeah. you can see it in the comments section of um, oh. photos of the climate protests, you know, people saying they have phones and they wear shoes yeah. and that makes them hypocrites. <laughs> yes, And yes. I do find oh, that really God, yes. quite jarring because um, it's something you said before which I really liked was we, we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. And for me, I, I grew up, you know, my, my room was facing a – 40 racehorses mm-hmm. and I knew them all by name and mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned it wasn't until I went to university that I, I realized this system was bad mm-hmm. I didn't know when I was in that space um, I would have worked you know happily in the stables for years and years and years without knowing that um, so if I was sort of cut down at that crucial stage where I was um, I guess uh, divorcing myself emotionally yeah. from a really problematic space I probably wouldn't have been felt as comfortable in this room right now mm-hmm. um, if that were the case. Yeah. So yeah. I think it is important to acknowledge that, um, you know, I, there's no such thing as a perfect vegan. Yes. W- w- this isn't a vegan world. Mm. Um, so to, to cut someone down because they um, ha- have done something wrong in the eyes of oh holy veganism. Vegan <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah I totally know what you mean. It's just harmful, you know. It's, it's, it's really, really harmful. And I just think that, 
any decision that is made where an animal is not on their plate, that's a win for the animal. And so once you sort of sort of switch that mindset and it's a win for the planet, I should say as well. And it's a win for your heart. Like it's, Mm. It's a win, it's a win, win. <laughs> so I think I think it is really important to um, to acknowledge that, as you said, like starting starting anywhere. Yes, yeah. it's the right place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really um, great way to introduce our next song, which is aptly titled "Unfuck the World," <laughs> and it's by Angel Olsen. You're listening to Three CR. <laughs> Thursday 28th of November at 12pm, environment groups and communities from across Victoria will peacefully rally together at Parliament to call for urgent action for our natural world. After five years of the Andrews government, nature deserves more, especially in the face of climate change. Victorians need new and better funded national parks, stronger nature laws and better protection for our threatened forests, rivers, beaches, oceans and native plants and animals. We need real action for our natural places and wildlife now. Join in the Nature for Life rally. Bring a sign to highlight the natural places you love that deserve better protection. See you on Parliament Steps, Thursday 28th of November at 12pm. Look for Nature for Life rally on Facebook and visit Victoria National Parks Association website vnpa.org.au forward slash rally. VNPA is a 3CR supporter. 
You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR, 855 AM. And that was Angel Olsen's song, Unfuck the World, which I felt was quite apt because we are all trying to do that here at 3CR, Um, especially Kelly Gamble, who is our guest today on Freedom of Species. She is an animal liberation activist, and she has been speaking to us very generously about her relationship to activism, the future of activism, and where she sees the movement in 2020. I think it's uh, it's nice to always end freedom of species on a kind of positive note because it can feel a little bit overwhelming um, <laughs> knowing that there's a lot of work to be done. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I think I just want to ask you, Kel, before we, uh, before we wrap up at the end of this hour, um, if you were to speak to Kelly of yesteryear, um, a Kelly that was vegan or perhaps thinking about veganism and mm-hmm. wanted to get more involved in activism, what would be some good um, accessible pointers to mention? Yeah, so I think um, we've spoken a lot about education today. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's absolutely countless sources on um I guess, educating yourself, whether it's in terms of environmental um, benefits of leading a vegan lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, health benefits, that sort of thing. So there's plenty of films on um, streaming services online, that sort of thing. Um, Do you have podca- any recommendations of films on like Netflix that you've watched recently? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, What the Health is a great one about the mm-hmm. health effects. Uh, there's a film called Cowspiracy, which is about the environmental effects that of animal my, uh-huh. agriculture. Yes. <laughs> That I think that really lays it out for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, we've spoken about the film Dominion today as well, which is um, about, uh, I guess, factory farming in Australia. Um, there's also a new film called The Game Changers, which mm-hmm. is about um, health and athletes leading uh, vegan lifestyles. If you're interested in The Game Changers too, last week on Freedom of Species, we spoke a lot um, in depth about that. So you can access that on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also many uh, activists who have great online profiles and resources, mm. ebooks, podcasts, YouTube channels. Um, my personal favourite is a UK activist called Earthling Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a very gentle approach, um, which I think may be more enticing to some people. Totally. Uh, he essentially goes to educational institutions and speaks to students about veganism. Um, universities, that sort of thing. And I think he, he has such a calming nature about him. I absolutely wish I could speak like him. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good place to start. He sounds um, like he's doing what Gary Urofsky did absolutely. by going around those oh, educational institutions. He is a new age Gary Urofsky. Yeah. Gary Urofsky yes. was my aha moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He's still he's, around doing a lot of work. Yeah, too. he is. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, Gary Urofsky, oh, he's phenomenal. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so Ed essentially does the same thing to, a, I guess, a newer, younger generation. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's awesome. yeah. It's, they are he's very similar. fantastic. That's a really good link to make between those two. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I was going to say, but then within within Melbourne, I guess um, you can get involved with. Uh, there's many save groups that do rallies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good way to sort of start and expose yourself to, I guess, protesting and. Um, speaking up, that sort of thing. And for people that don't know what save groups are, they're essentially um, uh, grassroots activist organisations that focus on particular animals and the plight of those particular animals. Mm -hmm. So there's like the cow save, the pig save, uh, chicken save. Chicken save, uh, fish save, uh, sheep save. They're basically, Um, they're farmed animals, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, They're farmed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that's a really... um, good way to get involved they're just free events um usually just outreach sort of events or you know where you'd hold a poster that sort of thing um and then you can 
um, I guess, meet some people and expose yourself to um, other events, depending. It's, it's, it's not... I guess there's a lot of trust involved in direct action. You can't just get invited to things. Naturally, so I yeah. think, yeah, you have to start somewhere. And I think those free events are a really good, um, a good place to meet people and have a chat and um, be able to see what, what you can input and how you can get involved. Yeah, that's yeah. a really important point yeah. that, um, you know, direct action isn't just a matter of rocking no. up. It's about it's getting a very sensitive, community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very sensitive um very sensitive topic. It's not just for, you know, there's a lot of things that can be compromised. So Absolutely. I think it's very important to understand that you can't just dive in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I do want to also plug you on um, your social medias, Kelly, because I imagine that, you know, if people are wanting to ask you questions mm, about your yeah. journey, um, they can. So if you are on Instagram, Kelly can be found at Kelly underscore underscore Beden. <laughs> Which is... It was really hard to come up with that one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how you came up with that. I thought about I just pl- plugged it in and was like, oh, I'm going to have to change this, but <laughs> didn't, so. Um, we can also be found, uh, Freedom of Species are on Twitter at Freedom of Species Radio. We're also on Facebook. Um, we also have an email address, which is info at freedomofspecies.org, and we love hearing all of your ideas and your feedback. Um, this show is on between 1 and 2 p.m. every single Sunday, um, but you can tune in via our website too, um, and all previous podcasts are available on the Freedom of Species podcast website, which is at www.freedomofspecies.org, as well as on iTunes. Uh, we tend to upload our episodes pretty soon after um, they've aired, so you're always on top of the on top of the eight ball. I found. Um, and the next show coming up on Three CR is Encyclopedia. Um, which will be coming up at 2 p.m. And before we, I guess before we close, any last sentiments, Kel, for any aspiring activists that want to get involved in 2020 and are yeah. feeling, the, feeling the urgency? Yeah, look, I mean, it's not about where you start, it's just starting. So I think um, just applying yourself in whatever way you can, uh, the best form of activism is the best that you are at. So, yeah, Absolutely. it doesn't matter what you do, it's just whatever you can apply yourself and be the best at. That's a really good point. Ask the questions. Don't be afraid to have the conversations. If there's question marks looming, then attempt to solve them in mm-hmm. your own time and space. And we will be finishing off today's program with a song by Whitney called No Woman. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next week. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to... Fill in the dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, fill in the... 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays, here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.